You're listening to Self-Publishing Journeys, the weekly podcast for all new and aspiring self-published authors. Stand by for tips, resources, hints, and practical techniques to help you on your own self-publishing journey. Meet indie authors at different stages of their writing careers and hear how they manage to get their own books published and making sales. For show notes, web links, and useful resources, please head to selfpublishingjourneys.com. Now, here's your show host, self-published author and digital marketer, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 158 for Saturday the 22nd of June, 2019. Coming up this week, I'll be summing up my plans and strategies for the rapid release of my books in this special Read Along with Paul edition. How my ducks are all now in a row for my next bookbub promo, well, almost in a row. And that's another book edited and off to the beta readers. Welcome to this week's diary. We're on our travels on Thursday and Friday of this week, so this is getting recorded early. I'll give you all the writing and editing news up to date, but you'll have to remember when you listen to this that Thursday and Friday are out. We're off gallivanting and having fun uh, on those days. So let's go to this week's word count. I have now started writing. Uh, Now you see her. And on Sunday, the 16th, I wrote 5,021 words. So we're up to 10,000 words now. Last time I spoke to you, we'd got the first 5,000 words done. So 10,000 words into a new book. It's going very well. Uh, No moans, no problems just yet. The story's unfurling nicely. um, And I just had another good day of writing. So uh, I can't give you any angst or or tortuous author moments. Uh, It's going well so far. And that's helped, I think, by the fact that it's planned so carefully this book. And I may learn a lesson from this that I I need to be thinking about perhaps planning my books as carefully as this one the the next time I do it, because uh, it is very good. And actually, I did enjoy when I was writing for John and James. I don't really enjoy having to get all that planning done. It it really hurts my brain (laughs) trying to work stuff out ahead of time. But actually, when you write, it's really nice just knowing what's happening next. So as I told you in last week's diary, um, it's it's really a funny week because we're going off gallivanting this week. So um, I'll be writing some more. Now you see her on Sunday the 23rd. Uh, that's the 23rd of June. And we will be up to 15,000 words then. And then for the next four weeks, I will be writing 15,000 words per week until we get that book finished, uh, due to finish it on Sunday the 21st of July. And uh, that'll be me up to 75,000 words of that story. So all great fun. Um, interestingly, thanks very much to Bill Cocus this week. Uh, Bill is uh, a listener to this podcast, has been for a while, and Bill lives in the US. And uh, Bill dropped me a line earlier on this week and said, uh, do you fancy somebody checking for the Americanisms in the book, you know, to make sure you're using the right language. And I thought, do you know what, that makes perfect sense. So um, Bill was very quick. He was all over the first 10,000 words. And I've got to tell you, uh, Bill, that's been magic already because he's gone through. Uh, clearly, I'm just a Brit, you know, and I just watch American TV. But I've missed loads of things in there. And I really appreciate Bill going through there and just changing the language to make sure that I'm just using American terminology. So that's going to help an editor, you know, have it, and a beta readers having to spot all those things for me. So thanks ever so much for that, Bill. Uh, what a great offer. So just to let you know, two great offers 
that have come as a result of this podcast. So we've got Julie Cordoner, who's who's running the edit. She's going to be looking at it as a, from an editing point of view. And then you've got Bill, who's just giving a, a run through, just checking the American elements in the book. And as I said to Bill, he's getting to see it before actually anybody else does. So I've shared my document with him. So Adam Nichols has got access to it. Adam can see it as I write it. Uh, and, and and this is first draft stream of consciousness, no editing. I, d- I don't even edit it when it goes in that document. It's literally as it comes off Scrivener um, after a writing session. Uh, I don't edit until I've written the whole thing and then I go back and start to work through it. And um, so Bill's also seeing that. So he's seeing... Uh, raw writing bill that's what you're seeing uh completely as it comes out so hopefully that's not too frightening uh for you uh but yeah it's going very well very pleased to have that book well underway now so editing wise i'm i honestly i really don't know whether i'm coming or going at the moment it's ridiculous i've just finished uh doing my last read of so many lies that's now gone off to beta readers for final checks and judy corden has got that too she's having a read of it as well um, that file, when um, I've given beta readers till the end of July to look at that. Have I given them the end of July or the end of June? I can't remember. <laughs> I've, I told you I'm losing the plot. End of June or end of July. Anyhow, it's coming back at some point. Either way, it doesn't matter because it's not getting released till September. So whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. Um, and I'll probably give it a last read, actually, before it does go out. Just one last sense read, uh, probably towards the end of summer. But that, when I get that file back from beta readers, I go through any of the changes, it'll go into Vellum and it can sit there till release day. And then when Stuart Bache has done the new cover for it, that will be added to the Vellum file and we'll be good to go. I'll probably just give it a last read, uh, just as a reader would, uh, just to see if I can catch any last things before that gets released. And it's getting released. Well, you'll hear in a moment what my schedule is for the rapid release plans, which means I'm now working on Left for Dead. That, uh, well, I say I'm working on it. That edit's now finished. I, I, I rattled through that. Uh, we changed our plans for the weekend. We were only going to go away for a day. And I said to my wife, let's go away for two. So we've gone away for two days. Uh, it actually takes us away over, over three days. So it's, it's, we're away for two nights, but it takes us away over three days. So I had to ramp up my editing and I've been doing that in the evenings uh, to rattle through that. And so the, my edit of Left for Dead is now completed. I'm going to send that to my wife next. My wife hasn't read this one. She can read it next. And then I'll send it over to Judy Corden when Julie's had time to get through so many lies. I sent Julie a little note on Twitter and said, my books are like buses. You know, there's nothing for ages. And then they all come along at once because it's only going to be a few weeks. And then the next one's coming. Now you see her. So I'm on a quite an intensive writing schedule. I've really enjoyed Left for Dead. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens when other people start reading it because nobody else has read that one yet. But I have to say, just reading it through from my point of view, it, it just rattles straight through. I mean, there's no pr- plot problems or anything. I've just gone through to tidy a couple of things up. I'm really enjoying the story. And I have said to my wife, it's so much based on our experience in the holiday camp when we were students and, and I say it's based on our experience in the holiday camp it's nothing to do with real life at all other than that all the experiences all the descriptions there as they were when we were there so I said to my wife you're going to have to separate I think you're going to really enjoy reading it because it's going to remind you of our time there 35 years ago however many years ago it was we were working there um, so try and separate that from the story if you can try and be impartial about the story uh, but I've really enjoyed immersing myself back in that world that we were in 35 years ago um, but yeah it's been good fun really really enjoyed that story 
and and just not having any uh, plotting problems. So 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 many lies, for instance, is quite a complex plot. Uh, I think if you blink, you know, you miss something. But that uh, Left for Dead just feels like one of those books where you just fly through it. There's nothing complex about it. It just rattles straight through, which is uh, you know very very nice to read. So next week I'm beginning to move on to the books that I've already written and signed off. So I'm coming back to the book that is currently titled Dead of Night. So I'm going to start reading that on Monday the 24th of June. That has been edited. It's been through all the editing processes and published, of course. So it should be inverted commas perfect. Probably no book is perfect, but as perfect and polished as I could make it. And it's been out there and released for a couple of years, uh, Dead of Night. But I'm going to go through it again. Obviously, I've got two to three years experience since I wrote that book. And I will just give it a light brush up, change anything that I feel that just needs changing um, or tweaking. And, uh, and then that will get republished in Vella. But it is only very much a light edit on Dead of Night. So going through all those four standalones that I wrote that I never really sold, they're all getting that light edit. I don't expect to have to do a lot of work, but I will read it and just tweak things that I think might improve from a different turn of phrase or something like that. Um, so I'm really looking forward to going back to Dead of Night. I'm just trying to think when I did write that. It must be, I'm trying to think, it's hard, it's hard to remember. It must be 2016 those books so they're, they're a few years old already aren't they um, so yeah it'll be interesting to go back to those and hopefully hopefully my writing might have improved since I did that but it's not getting a massive overhaul it's just it's getting a structural overhaul as I said to you the format of that book is it was each chapter had three parts so all of my books are getting split out into chapters now just a slightly different structure and it will get a light read and just a, you know, a light dusting of edits, but absolutely uh, nothing substantial, nothing so great that I would have to send it back off to a proofreader or an editor again. So in my general news this week, and I do want to rattle through this because I'm going to give you in some detail my rapid release plans. So just a reminder, I've got my book bub on The Secret Bunker on Tuesday, the 25th of June. So when I do next week's diary, I'll be giving you an update about that. I'll let you know how it's gone. It is a sci-fi book in the horror section. So let's see how that goes. Now, I, oh, I've i had a headache this week. And at the time of recording this, it is still early. We've still got six days to go. Six six days? Yeah, something like that before the, the promo. But I, I have ducked the price as I told you last week but in Publish Drive the price through Google Play has not gone down yet it's pending it hasn't worked its way through now normally I found it really quick normally in Publish Drive Publish Drive says it hasn't got it yet and you go on Google Play and the price change has taken effect it hasn't yet and so I thought right well look I'm going to have to get onto Amazon and ask them to drop the price because I need this dropped in plenty of time for Tuesday so I get onto Amazon and send them the links to Apple, to Barnes and Noble and to Kobo and say, look, the price has been dropped. Please, please will your price match? And then I sent them the link to Google and said, look, this will come down, but it hasn't yet at the time of recording. So Amazon then got back to me to say, oh yeah, we'll review it. And so I thought, oh, here we go again. You know, I can't just drop the blasted price. It's my book. And, um, you know, so I'm getting frustrated again with them because we're messing around. I can't, there has to be a better way to do this. It's just ridiculous. So I sent a message to Publish Drive and said, anything you could do to lean on this 
to get this down to zero. And I sent another message to KDP to Kindle and said, look, this is a book bub. I need this dropping. The Google Play one will drop. So now I'm sitting on tenterhooks. Now I know I've got six days to go, but I was hoping I want the prices done nice and early because a couple of book bubs ago, I thought I'd got everything price dropped, but it wasn't in all territory. So I still had more chasing up to do. So I am a little bit jittery at the time of recording this. I'll, I'll let you know if we got there when I record next week's diary, but there's got to be an easier way of doing this. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous for Amazon to be doing it like this. We just need to have a button where we can, I don't know, just some, some, something in the interface where you confirm or you put links to say, you know, my price is zero on all the other channels and maybe you put links in and, and you kind of self-select or you self-certify and Amazon only check a few of them, something like that. But it's just, it's crazy having to do this every time. It's, it really is ridiculous. So um, Adam Nichols is announcing our collaboration to his email list on Monday, the 24th of June. So I think he's he's got his confidence up now. He's signed off the plot. I think, I don't know whether he's read it or not. I know he's very busy trying to get lots of, he's working with lots of collaborators, trying to get all these books lined up for September, but he will be announcing our collaboration to his email list on Monday, the 24th of June. And my email goes out the Sunday afterwards. So I will mention it to everybody then and let everybody know what I'm up to. Now, I, um, again, you're going to hear my rapid release plans in a moment or two. But I basically need another four book covers. And I was looking at what I'm about to pay Stuart Bache for the six covers, which is over £2,000. And, 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 I, and I still need more covers on top of that if I'm going to hit these rapid release plans. And I was thinking, you know, what I could do with really is to find somewhere else where I can get some covers made. So I, I, I need six with Stuart Bache. And I've got another three covers. And I was just tossing around with the numbers and actually preparing for this podcast when I had a realisation. And I realised that it made more sense for Stuart to do six covers, including the old, uh, So Many Lies, Left for Dead, and the four books I've previously released but never had decent covers on. So that's what Stuart Bache is going to do. And it makes more sense. And I was going to send this Stuart Bache's way, but I just think, oh, I, you know, I, I don't want to spend that money. It's so much money. I'd like to try and keep the price down. So the the book, um, I'm getting confused by my own books again. There's so many blasted books. So, even I have to think this through. You'll hear it when I go through the plans in a moment. You'll you'll hear it because I've written it down. But um, I'm thinking now. Hang on, I've just given you the wrong titles for the books again. I'm just getting so confused with all these books and the title changes. So apologies for that. But let, let me just let me just put it this way. Look, and we'll go through the plans in a minute. I got three. I'm going to have three Morkum Bay trilogies. So Left for Dead is the first of the Morkum Bay trilogies, and there's going to be two more stories to come. And and so I want those. They're going through a different cover designer. Okay. So um, I asked Adam. We Adam and I are also having a cover done, and obviously we're splitting the costs of that. I asked Adam because I like his covers. Who's your cover designer? He's told me that his cover designer is Elizabeth Mackey at elizabethmackey.com. So I've I was commissioning, or I commissioned Elizabeth at the weekend to do my three Walker Bay trilogy covers because she does Adam, Adam's covers, and I really like them. And it, it, she does great covers, but it also keeps the price down with the Stuart uh, Beige covers. So Stuart's doing six, Elizabeth's doing three, and Elizabeth needs the cover order on the 1st of September. Now, the other reason that I wanted to go with Elizabeth too is that Stuart Beige, you have to book up a long time in advance. So I've had Stuart booked up for a long time, and I'm not sure 
that Stuart, it's pretty unlikely that Stuart would be able to do three more covers for me. So it's a combination of me just wanting to save some money on the price. I want to try another cover designer because I like the covers that Adam's getting as well. They're great for psychological fiction. So those are the reasons why I've done that. But I will be ordering those covers. Or I, sorry, those covers work starts on those three covers on September the 1st. So I've done that a little bit later for cash flow reasons. I know I got the cash coming in, but I want to make sure it's in my pocket. But also, they don't even need to be ready till October the 7th. Left for Dead, um, well, I've, I've said October the 7th as the cutoff, but actually Left for Dead isn't even released until the 28th of October. So there's plenty of time to wait for those covers. Okay, just a quick mention of Twitter, and then I'm going to get on to my rapid release plans. Because I've written it out, I'll get it right this time. Okay, I'm not going to mess it up like I keep messing it up when I'm doing it from memory. So uh, just a quick thank you to Edwin Downward, uh, a regular tweeter, um, Edwin, isn't it funny how things always look more glamorous when they're abroad? To, to Edwin, that's just going to be a, he's run home from work. Um, but for me, it looks glamorous, mainly because there's a blue sky. You don't get a lot of that in the UK. Um, but Edwin has just tweeted to say, after a quick stop on the way home from work, I'm hitting play on self-publishing journeys with Paul T UK at Paul T UK. And Edwin is in traffic or just about to leave a car park. That looks like probably at a service station. Nice big hill stroke mountain in the background. Blue sky as well. And uh, Edwin's in Canada and uh, listening to the podcast of the car. So thank you very much for that, Edwin. And always nice to hear from you. Okay, so that is it. Now it is time, as promised, for a summary of my rapid release plans. Now, this is read along a rapid release. What I would recommend that you do is to head for the show notes for episode 158 or Paul's podcast diary 158 and read along with me because I've written all of this out on the page. I'm going to go through it in the order that it is on the page. So I think because I'm going to give you so much information here, it will help you considerably if you look at it and then listen to my explanations and my verbal notes as we're going through it. I think it will make a lot more sense. I think it'll just be the usual gobbledygook if you don't read along. So it is read along a Paul time. Head over to episode 158 now. There's loads of info, all the titles there, and it's going to be an awful lot easier for you to be able to read it on a single page. Okay, let's start this first section off with my thrillers overview. So just to summarise that I'm changing my rapid release plans after my interview with Adam Nichols. You'll know that I was toying around with all sorts of options. I was looking at a seven day plus seven day plus 14 day, then 28 day rapid release. I've, I've looked at all the options, but Adam is the same genre as me. He and I, our fortunes have kind of followed. I've always been behind Adam and I'm just going to replicate exactly what he did. I'm just, I'm not going to change anything. I'm not going to get clever or smarty pants. I'm just going to follow exactly what Adam has done and continues to do. So I am also collaborating with Adam to launch a co-written book. And basically, I think our rapid releases must start on the same day because mine's going to start on September the 9th, Monday, September the 9th. Monday is the day that Adam always uses for rapid releases. So I'm going to do exactly what he does. So our joint rapid releases will begin on Monday, the 9th of September. And then they'll diverge after that because obviously he's got his own books to release and I'll release my own books. But we start with that book, uh, Now You See Her, which is our first ever collaboration. 
So I want to draw from Adam's audience, and obviously I'm, I'm learning everything I can from the way he's done things. The advantage to Adam is that I write a book for him. It means he can get more books out more quickly, and I get to, to ride on the coattails of his audience. So I'm introduced as a psychological thriller writer to his audience. And I'm hoping that right at the beginning of that rapid release, a lot of them will then cross over, uh, find out about me and join my list. So book one then is going to be released on Monday, the 9th of September. That's when all of this kicks off, Monday, the 9th of September. The aim then is to release as many thrillers as I can at the rate of one per week every Monday, uh, as many as I can from that date. Now, I could submit or resubmit Don't Tell Meg for a book bub on Sunday, the 25th of August. Now, if I get really, really lucky, and it will be really, really lucky. If they give me a book bub on that and I'm able to do a book bub before, before or at the time of that rapid release, that will be extremely well-timed because if I can get Don't Tell Meg flying through the charts and then start to rapid release books, that's going to be really sweet for me. So um, it all starts on the Sunday, the 25th of August when I will submit immediately Don't Tell Meg for a book bub. I'll be keeping my fingers crossed for the next couple of days. And if I'm really lucky, they'll give me a book bub and it will be before September the 9th. So that already my author profile will be uh, titillated and, um, you know, doing great things. Now, if that doesn't happen, um, I, I've got a couple of choices to make with Don't Tell Meg, but I'll refer to that as I go through the release schedule. So here is the release schedule now. We, we we possibly start with a, a Don't Tell Meg book bub promo. So if I get knocked out of the water, it doesn't matter. We just simply shift to September the 9th. Remember also that Stuart Bache's covers will be available by then. So Stuart Bache is going to get his design brief. I agreed that I would have it delivered to Stuart by the 1st of July. So he's going to have his design brief on the 1st of July. And Stuart will probably get his covers back to me, what, July? sometime in August, maybe it might, might be the end of July, but certainly by sometime in August. So I will have all of Stuart Bache's covers in loads of time and they're going to be Kindle only covers. So, um, you know, nothing fancy, just Kindle only covers. And I'm going to get six of them. Now those six covers are going to cover. I got it. Uh, I got it slightly wrong earlier. Those six covers are going to cover the four books that I've already written and released. So dead of night, uh, one fatal error, who to trust the burden of guilt. Those have always had Paul's dodgy covers on them. Those books are now at the time of recording this, I've delisted them. They're going to get brand new Stuart Beige covers. They're going to suit the styling of the covers that uh, Stuart did for Don't Tell Meg. So they're all going to look really nice. They're going to look like a proper set of books. Stuart's also going to be, do me an additional two covers. So I got this wrong earlier when I said it to you. This is why I said I need the list. Um, Stuart's going to do So Many Lies, which is the book I wrote a year ago, which is just going through beta readers right now. And he's going to do a new book, um, which I'm about, which I'm going to write. This is going to be a 50,000 word book and it's going to be a female led book. Now I was looking through the thrillers that I got and when you're doing a rapid release strategy, what you do is you release one, two, three books, and then you could also release the box set. So I, I was looking at how I could group my books together to create sensible box sets from them. Now I've got a, a natural box set, Dead of Night, One Fatal Error, 
and So Many Lies create a natural box set because they're all kind of action-packed thrillers. No hanging around, they're just good action-packed thrillers. So they're going to go into one box set. I then had Who to Trust and Burden of Guilt uh, as as books that I've already written. And I was trying to work out, well, to create a box set out of those, what do I need? And I realised that both of those books have female leads. So Burden of Guilt and Who to Trust have female leads. So I'm going to write next a 50,000-word female lead book. And the working title for that book is called Two Years Later. That might change, but that's going to be called Two Years Later. That's going to be a 50,000-word female lead psychological thriller. And that will then enable me to bundle as a box set as part of this rapid release strategy, Who to Trust, Burden of Guilt, and Two Years Later. So... Stuart Bache is going to be creating the cover for two years later as well. Now, the box sets are going to be created. The box set graphics are going to be done on Fiverr. So I've got somebody who I've always used for my box sets. They do beautiful box sets. They do like three three books and spines in a row. And then you get this nice uh, e-pad, this uh, e-reader, you know, uh, leaning against the books. I really like those. That's what I've used for ages. And I would just, uh, that cost me uh, $10 usually. I can't remember why it's not five. I probably get the PSD file, something like that, um, or, or extra options, but that'll cost me $10 a time. So that's a negligible cost. Okay. So let me go through then, bearing in mind that Stuart Bache's covers are all going to be available pretty well by by August or during August, but in plenty of time for September. This is how it all pans out. This is how I've got it at the moment. So on September the 9th, we will start my rapid release with Now You See Me, which is going to be the which is the collaboration that I'm writing with Adam Nichols. So that book's going to be written by July the 21st. It's going to go through beta readers and editors. Judy Corden is going to do that for me and that will be ready for Monday the 9th of September. The second book that's getting released is going to be Dead of Night, Dead of Night. And that is going to be re-released um, with a new title, so re- released effectively. And it's going to be released on Monday, the 16th of September. Now, that book is going to be called probably, but I had another idea last night, so I may change it. I said to you last week, it's going to be When Daylight Comes. But Tony Walsh t- tweeted me this week and tweak he tweaked via Twitter the title and Tony said if daylight comes and I thought yeah yeah I think I like that one better if daylight comes but when I woke up this morning um what do I I had an idea and it's gone now I hope it comes back to me <laughs> I had another idea so at the moment we're going with Tony's suggestion if daylight comes uh, but that may change I have to commit soon though because I've got to give Stuart Bache's design brief the week after Monday the 23rd of September we will release One Fatal Error, which is good to be called, its new title is One Last Chance. Monday the 30th of September will be Who to Trust. The new title for that book is Friends Who Lie. And on Monday the 7th of October, we're going to re-release or release Burden of Guilt with its new title. Its new title is going to be No More Secrets. Now, by October the 7th, I will have my three new Walker Bay trilogies, uh, trilogy covers. Uh, so uh, Elizabeth's going to have those for me. Um, I'm just sorry, I'm just making sure. I'm not. I'm just trying to get the name. It's Elizabeth Mackey. I was just checking the surname. So Elizabeth's going to have those three covers for me by the seventh of October. 
So just bear that in mind. Okay. Now, the other thing is, is that in that time, if I, I know this is very complicated, isn't it? If I haven't got a book bub on the 25th of August, then I will be able to resubmit for another book bub at the end of September. So at that point, I have a second chance of getting a book bub if I didn't get it the first time. So around September, I may bump the date slightly around a book bub on Don't Tell Meg if I get a book bub on Don't Tell Meg. Now, the other thing about this strategy is that when I was interviewing Adam Nichols, Adam said that his later books did better. So he said he started with a a collection of short stories and he he didn't feel like he'd, he'd led with his best books. But if you listen to the interview, Adam said basically he was just releasing the books for five weeks. It was just felt like a normal release. Nothing spectacular happened in the first five weeks. And then it took off. So bearing that in mind, I'm expecting to feel like I'm flogging a dead horse for the first five weeks. I'm expecting nothing spectacular at all. So I'm going to save my new books, with the exception, obviously, of the one that I start with. Now you see me with Adam Nichols. It's then followed by four re-releases of books I've already written. I'm going to save new books then for the subsequent books after book five, because if I start to get more traffic and more traction at that point, I want them sort of reading the the new ones, really. So uh, book six on Monday, the 14th of October, that will be So Many Lies. That's a brand new book, which I wrote last year. Now, on Monday, the 21st of October, I'm going to release the first of my box sets. So that box set will include, I'm using the old titles for the books, Dead of Night, One Fatal Error, and So Many Lies. And then on Monday, the 28th of October, I'm going to release a brand new book. It's the book that I'm just proofreading now. That's Morecambe Bay One, and that will use the first of Elizabeth Mackey's covers. That's going to be Left for Dead. On Monday, the 4th of November, I'm going to release the book that I've just announced to you two years later, which is my third female-led 50,000-word thriller. I'm going to start that as soon as I finished Adam's book. It's crazy, isn't it? I know, but I've enjoyed it. And the stories are coming. So while the stories are coming, let's not knock it. So two years later, I'm going to start writing. I finish, uh, what's it called? Now you see her. Now you see her. I finished that on the 21st of July. I will have two years later written a month later <laughs> on the 23rd of August. It's only a 50,000 word book. It's not going to take me long to write that. And I've already got the concept for that in my head. So while I'm writing and editing, I'm also going to be planning that one. But I'm on fire at the moment with the stories. The stories are just coming easily at the moment. So no writer's block to be seen here at the moment. So two years later, 50,000 word book, I'll rattle that off and that'll be ready in first draft form for the 23rd of August. And that cover is good to be produced by Stuart Bache. I'll have that cover way uh, ahead of time. In fact, the cover will probably arrive before the book does. So two years later is going to get released on the 4th of November. I'm then going to release um, Morecambe Bay 2, that's untitled at the moment, but it'll have to be titled by the time I give Elizabeth Mackey her cover brief. That book, uh, Morecambe Bay 2, it will be a 75,000 word book. It's going to be set in the same universe as Left for Dead. I will have finished writing that book by the 22nd of September, and it's going to be released on Monday, the 11th of November. On Monday, the 18th of November, I'm going to release box set three. Box set three is going to be made up of the What's it going to be made up of? It's going to be made up of the female lead books. So it's going to be made up of Who to Trust, 
Burden of Guilt, those are the old titles because I can't remember the new ones yet, and Two Years Later. So they will be female-led books and the the sort of five-pack, sorry, the the three-pack, the box set, will be billed as a kind of, you know, female lead psychological thriller, something like that. Um, So that because they're all then themed. And then on Monday, the 2nd of December, I'm going, sorry, I beg your pardon, I've skipped the date. On Monday, the 25th of November, I'm going to release the third Morecambe Bay book, which will have the third of the Elizabeth Mackey covers on. And that book, that's going to be a fast turnaround that. So what I'm hoping perhaps is, you know, I might be able to squeeze a book bub in there to just shift a week. But that's going to be the fastest turnaround of a book in that I'm going to finish writing it on the 3rd of November, uh, but I'm going to release it on the 25th of November. That's going to be fast turnaround. I'll be honest with you. Um, and I'm, I'm taking a lead from something Adam said here. If I have to proofread that myself and I have to sit through it and go through it three times myself because I don't have time to get an editor, then that's how it's going to be. Because at that point in Adam's rapid release program, I don't think he really cared. He was shifted so many books. Now, I had a beta reader the other day when I sent out so many lies. So remember, I've sent out so many lies to beta readers in its sort of raw form, the form that me and my wife have edited it to. And I had somebody, I sent out the the edited version to beta readers this week. So they're really just giving it a proofread, really, looking for the last minute things. I had somebody write back to me to say, oh, um, was the last one you sent me unedited? Uh, because that's better than a lot of books that I've read that have been published. So that was quite flattering to have somebody say that my the, the read that my wife and I had done was more accurate than she had read uh, you know, the uh, stuff that's been published. So, um, you know, I know that if I release it myself, you know, I know it's not going to be as great as if it went through an editor. But um, hopefully, Julie, if you're listening, Julie, you know, Julie won't be fed up with my books by then. <laughs> uh, I know I can't get Helen in. Helen, I've got Helen booked in for another proof. Um, but uh, Helen won't be able to do that book because I, I booked a way ahead for the year. So I know I can't squeeze Helen in. Um, so let's see if Julie's fed up with me <laughs> and sacked me by that point. Uh, but what I think with that book, it's fast turnaround. Is if I can send it to those brilliant beta readers, I've got I've got a team of five brilliant beta readers who spotted all the errors. They did a brilliant job, and if I read it a couple of times myself, I'm pretty sure I can get that in a fit enough condition to release. So it's going to have to be like that because I need I need to hit a release date. And so then on Monday the second of December, I will release box set three, which will be the Morecambe Bay trilogy. Now. I can create extra slippage and potentially I can get another four releases out, taking me to Monday, the 30th of December. Now, this all depends on Don't Tell Meg. So there's big question marks over this. So I can squeeze out 13 weeks of rapid releases with the stuff I've got and the stuff I'm going to write and the covers that I've got ordered now. And I've got the money in the bank to pay for those right now. Okay, that's coming out of cash flow. I don't have to earn it. I've got that money. So um, this is what I say about bootstrapping. You know, this is why I don't take income out of the business because I'm always saving the money so I can pay for the costs. Uh, when I when I budget a cost, I like to have the money for it. So I, I'm paying it out of money I've got. So all all that the money's in for all of that stuff. So I, don't tell Meg is the movable feast here because potentially I might get a don't tell Meg bookbub on. August the 25th. If I don't get a Don't Tell Meg book bub on August the 25th, I've got, I could try for end of September for it. I could also try for end of October on it. And potentially I could try for end of November on it. 
right? And if I'm not getting, um, I, I, at some point, I'll make a call on Don't Tell Meg. And what I may do with Don't Tell Meg, and I, um, John Cronshaw was, was messaging me this week on Twitter to say you don't have to take your books down to re-release them. You keep your reviews. Now, the thing about Don't Tell Meg is it's, I've sold so many copies of it that it's got a hundred and, I can't even remember how many reviews it's got in the States now. As you know, I don't really look at my reviews. Um, let me have a look. Uh, it's got over, I thought it had over 150 reviews now, something like that. It's quite a lot. Uh, Don't Tell Meg, it's got 61 in the UK. And in the US, it's got 162. Uh, that's nice to see, actually. It's averaging four stars now. That's good. It, it had dipped um, to about three point something, but it's it's showing four stars now, so that, that makes me feel better. I don't mind four. Just like it to tip a little bit into the fives now. Not that I'm greedy. Um, yeah, so so 162 in the States. That's a lot of reviews, and, and they're four star too. So um, I, I, you know, thank you, John, for messaging me, because John just made me think it through again. I thought, actually, you know, you're right, John. If I re-release those... It needs to just be, I need to keep those reviews. So if I do re-release Don't Tell Meg, I, I, I'll, you know, I'll either take the book bub on them if I can get one. It depends if I get a book bub and when I get a book bub, if I get one. And then I might re-release those books to squeeze out four more um, rapid release dates. So that would give me 17 thriller release dates, which is just phenomenal, isn't it? Uh, one a week from the 9th of September. So if I do that, and again, that's the movable feast in this. Um, that would say, notionally give me, don't tell Meg, whatever its new name is, re-released on Monday the 9th of December. The Murder Place, renamed or not, but re-released Monday the 16th of December. The Forgotten Children, renamed or not, released on Monday the 23rd of December. And then the box set for those books, released on Monday the 30th of December. Which means I'm releasing a new thriller in that scenario every week for 17 weeks which is a long time to be uh, rapid releasing books so that's the plan there has to be some flexibility around that uh, and, and I'm pretty sure I can get the books written and there is slippage now you can see that as I, as we get bunched up as we get into November my turnarounds get a lot faster so the two turnaround books that I'm most worried about are Morecambe Bay 2 Morecambe Bay Trilogy 2 Morecambe Bay Trilogy 3 and Morecambe Bay Trilogy 3 is the tightest now potentially again depending on what I decide to do with Don't Tell Meg it all depends on Don't Tell Meg potentially I could bump Morecambe Bay Trilogy 3 and the box set and just squeeze the Don't Tell Meg trilogy before it and then release it after I've got rid of Don't Tell Meg so I have got permutations in there but I can tell you that up to don't uh, up to Morecambe Bay trilogy number two, which is the eleventh of, of November. So I'm giving you two months there that I'm very very sure of that that's going to be the release order. And then it's really only from well, it's actually going to be from Monday the twenty fifth of November, which is Morecambe Bay three. I think that's really where the question mark is from that point. So you can see why I'm, I'm so excited about that, and it is going to involve quite a lot of effort on on, on my part. So um, looking at my schedule. Um, and I am in a, I am in a routine now where I'm quite happy to write three days a week and I'm editing in the evenings and I'm not doing too much editing in the evenings. If I don't do more than two chapters, I'm fresh and I'm fine with the editing in the evenings. That's working okay for me. It's only when I push myself with the editing that I have enough of it. So that's the secret for me. Just do a little bit of editing and then walk away from it and don't edit on the same day that you write. Try and avoid that as well. So I'm trying to come to everything as fresh as I can. So we'll have, um, 
the book that I'm writing with Adam, Now You See Her, that's going to be finished on Sunday the 21st of July. I start writing the female-led thriller, Two Years After, that's its notional title. And I start writing that on the 25th of July, and I finish writing that. It's only a 50,000 worder, he says. It's only a 50,000 worder. And I'll finish writing that on Friday, the 23rd of August. I then start to write Morecambe Bay Trilogy number two on Saturday, the 24th of August. And then uh, I'm writing, writing, writing. That book is finished on the 22nd of September. I finish writing that on the 22nd of September. I start to write Morecambe Bay 3. Don't have a title for that book yet. I do have a scenario for Morecambe Bay's 2 and 3, so I know who the characters are. I know how I'm taking it forward, uh, but I, I don't have the precise scenarios yet, but I'm, I'm working on that. So Morecambe Bay 3, I start to write on the 29th of September, and that book will be written, 75,000 words of it, on the 3rd of November. Then I've got a three-week, very tight turnaround on that book you know, depending on what happens with Don't Tell Meg. And then I think, you see, you could never say never, but I actually could, because I've worked it out, I could probably squeeze another book in before the end of the year. I might, you know, if I'm making some money then, I might just rest on my laurels for a bit and say, do you know what, <laughs> I've done all right there. 17 weeks, that's quite enough. So I might at that point say, let's just leave that now. Um, that's that's enough. Um, you know, I've got enough books for the rest of the year. Let's have a little break and finish for Christmas at that point. And hopefully, hopefully, I was saying to John Croncher on Twitter the other day, you know, I have a feeling I'm going to be the world's unluckiest rapid release man. <laughs> I'm going to be the man who disproves the theory because that's how it always seems to work. But um, you can't say I won't have given it my best shot, can you? But that, that's how I feel about this. I want to give it my best shot. Uh, you know, this is a real um, this is a real go at making this work. If, if this doesn't work, you know, all I can do really is just leave the books there and just hope for the best but at least I'll have one hell of a collection I'm going to have one hell of a collection of thrillers I'll have um, 12 thrillers at the end of that and four box sets which is something to be proud of isn't it but um, that's the plan so also I've got a promotional budget so this is money that's earned it's in the pot so I've got a basic promotional budget to start with of 650 quid uh, so that is going to just give me some lead time for the first books that's the first six weeks. So it, it gives me um, a Robin Reeds for each book at about £52. It gives me a BK Knights at £4. It gives me an e-reader news today at £36 and a fussy librarian at, at £15. So it gives me £107 per book per week over the first six weeks. And if you remember, Adam said that it was the first five weeks. It did nothing for the first five weeks. And then things started to take on a life of their own after the first five weeks. So I, I, I'm assuming zero income in the first six weeks. I, so I'm trying to do this with money I know I've got in my pocket now. I'm assuming that I don't sell a book in the first six weeks. I'm only outlaying money. I'm not bringing any money in. So as well as that 650 quid, I've also got an additional promotional budget. So I've got 1,000, at the moment I've got 1,100 in the pot for promotions. That's 75 pounds per book per week for Facebook ads, BookBub ads and Amazon ads. And I'm just going to burn it. I'm just going to burn it. <laughs> I'm just, I don't care. I'm burning that cash. It's right off cash. 75 quid a week. I'm just going to keep spending till it's burned. Now I'm actually, um, I've actually, I'm probably going to spontaneously combust at some point. But I promise you, I am managing the time, so so I don't. But I have started to take on more corporate work again because uh, the contract's renewed and I've been offered quite a lot of corporate work. And I'm 
taking, I'm squeezing in my hours to take corporate work because that's putting more money in the pot for this. Uh, it's, you know, I could earn quite a lot of money in a day if I do a corporate training. That's, it's a lot of book sales. So I am taking corporate training and I'm throwing all that money into the pot. And that advertising budget is increasing all the time as a result of that. So, um, at the moment, I can tell you I've got, I've got 1,100, 1,100, I beg your pardon, for the first six weeks. That's in the pot, but that pot's going up. And what I'll decide to do is whether to just increase the spend every week or whether to just try and spread it out over more weeks. Uh, but that, that money is increasing. So uh, I got to decide um, what promotions are good to use. So I did say to you, Robin Reed's um, wasn't brilliant for me the other week. Um, I, there's Book Gorilla, which I've used before. That's £40. Bargain Booksy wasn't brilliant for me. That's £44. So I may, I may uh, shuffle those around so that the budget fits. But essentially, I got 107 quid a week for... Uh, promotions, email list promotions, and I got um, 75 quid a week for Facebook, BookBub and Amazon ads. I'm going to struggle to spend any of that on Amazon ads. So that'll be, I'll, I'll burn it off on BookBubs. And um, I didn't tell you about Facebook. You know, Facebook banned me. Um, I did use a little trick um, and I, I do apologize. Somebody messaged me to say about this. Um, I have, I have set up a little workaround on that. And, but I haven't tested any budgets on it yet, but I, I think I should be able to using this little worker. I should be able to do Facebook ads on these books. I won't be advertising. Don't tell me because I don't know. I never knew what got me into trouble. Of course, so I am very nervous about Facebook, but I will try it. And I, I have to expect that when I, when I use this new setup for Facebook, if they do ban me, then I'll just have to rule Facebook out and the budget will move over to Amazon and, uh, whatever they're called, BookBub ads as well. So, um, Extra budget as soon as I get it. And then I got these other covers that I got to pay for for the Morgan Bay trilogy. But those are paid for, of course, from the extra work that I'm doing too at the moment. So brace yourselves because I'm not finished. That's uh, thrillers. And that takes me for 17, potentially takes me to the end of the year, the 30th of December from September the 9th. But it's not over then because the money that I make, if I, the money that I make, if I make money, from this book bub this uh, that I'm just about to have next week, this sci-fi book bub on the secret bunker, the money that I make on that, that's going to go for seven new covers for my sci-fi books. So uh, that's the secret bunker trilogy, the grid trilogy, and phase six, which is a standalone. Now, those books, notionally, uh, the order of those books, uh, I, I turned them into a sequence, so I linked the universes. So it's the don't, uh, it's uh, the Secret Bunker trilogy first. Phase six is a book in the middle, and then you go to the Grid trilogy. And notionally, there is a trilogy at the end which will include time travel, which will bridge those universes and wind up the story. But actually, you don't have to have them; you can read them as they are. Now, I'm also, if I make enough money in this book bub. And I, to be honest with you, I only need to make a thousand quid. So if I make a thousand quid off this book bub, which, you know, you could never say never, can you? But I've never not made a thousand quid off a book bub yet. Uh, but remember, I am nervous because this isn't going to a sci-fi list and this isn't going, this is going to a horror list. So it might all go terrible, but I've never not made a thousand quid off a book bub yet. So what I'm hoping is, is this book bub will earn enough money for me to get seven covers on seven brand new covers on my science fiction books, my seven science fiction books, and they will be retitled and they will be rebranded as one universe. 
Not quite sure what it's going to be called yet. So um, if I get that income, then I'll order those seven sci-fi covers. That money won't go into the rapid re-release of the thrillers. It's good to get channeled. The sci-fi money will get channeled into the sci-fi re-releases. Now, if you remember the secret bunker, uh, Helen Fazal has gone through that. And um, I'm happy with that now. We, we, it's all past tense. And I'm happy with that now. The grid is fine. The only changes I need to make to the grid probably is I just like to go through the grid three. I always felt I've had no complaints. Uh, I've said it to, to Helen Fazal a couple of times and she says she thought it was, you know, fine. Uh, but I, I was never happy with the end of the secret, uh, not the secret bunker three, the grid three. Um, I say I wasn't happy with it. I just felt it was a little bit clunky. Um, those of you who've been listening to this diary for ages will know that I struggled with the end. I had a bit of a crisis with the end in that I'd made it so complicated. I, I struggled to bring it together. And I always felt at the end that I was almost explaining it to myself as well as the reader. So I would like to, if I re-release those books, I will revisit that. But that's pretty well. I'm quite happy with all the other books. Um, all the other books are fine. It's just book three I'd like to revisit. And that won't be a substantial edit. If, if anything, it'll be me cutting stuff out uh, rather than putting stuff in. Um, it, it's because I would have over-told it. That's why I always feared about book three. I've had no moans, though, uh, from anybody about that. My wife doesn't think that's true and Helen doesn't think that's true, but it's just me. But it might have been the pain I had um, writing that story and getting it right. So uh, again, it only needs new covers on there and, and then I would rapid re-release them. So if I get the money from this book bub that I'm just about to hold, that income is going to get stripped off. It's going to give me seven new covers. They'll get rebranded in the same world. I will unpublish them. So as soon as the slipstream has uh, followed from this, from the book bub. So we're talking sci-fis only now. So usually the slipstream from a book bub is about three months. So where are we now? Uh, the book bub's going to be at the end of we'll have july august september so so say the end of september i unpublish the secret bunker once i've squeezed all the money out of that book bub that i'm about to have next week i'll unpublish phase six and the grid one because they're not doing anything particular at the moment i'll put the new covers on them and then as soon as the rapid re-release rapid release series sequence is finished on the thrillers i will then start a rapid release sequence on my sci-fi books so this is the schedule for that then the schedule for that is secret bunker one monday the 6th of january secret bunker two monday the 13th of january secret bunker three monday the 20th of january and then the box set of those books will be released on monday the 27th of january phase six will be released on the 3rd of February, the Grid 1, the 10th of February, the Grid 2, the 17th of February, the Grid 3, the 24th of February, and then the box set of the Grid Trilogy will be released on Monday, the 3rd of March. So potentially, potentially, we have rapid release content here from the 9th of September, <laughs> Through, I just ridiculous, isn't it? Through to the third of March. Is that six months? It is, isn't it? Six months. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Talk about OTT. Um, but why the heck not? I say, why the heck not? Um, now, I don't know what I'm writing after I finish the the books in the sequence I've written for the thriller. So after I've written Morecambe Bay three, which I think what well, I finish on the third of November, don't I? I don't know what I'm writing after that, because that's when things get complicated. Because if you think about what else is happening this summer, I've also got three books coming out with John and James Evans. So I've got a trilogy of books. Now they're good to I haven't even talked to you about those. 
Um, not quite sure they're getting released yet, but we're, we're, I'm hoping we were talking, we've always talked about the first book getting released just before 20 books to 50k because that's when we're all going to meet up there we thought it'd be really nice if that first book gets released then so i've got four sorry three of those books being released um over the summer plus we've got the box set for that being released too now if you think about it then um i will have a collaboration with john and james i'll have a collaboration with adam and i'll have my own series as well so i cannot tell you what i will be writing from november the 3rd because John and James may then be on to be saying, can we have another three? Adam may be on to be saying, can I have another one in that series, please? Because now you see her, he's written so that it could be a, just a continual series of, of thrillers. Um, and of course, I may then say, okay, well, that rapid release went all right. Let's do this all again. And I might need to come up with some new thrillers after that. So I cannot tell you what's going to happen after November the 3rd, when I finish the third Walker Bay trilogy story. Who knows? Um, but you, I mean, hopefully you can see why I am so confused at the moment. But that is a heck of a rapid release plan, isn't it? Now, the other thing you have to remember is that when I do rapid release on the sci-fi books, they are on a different author name. So when I start with the sci-fi, I start again with the sci-fi. Now, again, there's so many factors here. You know, just say, just say that my rapid release with the thrillers went as half as well as Adam Nichols did. So Adam made 100,000 from his. So just say I got really lucky and I made 50,000 from mine. If I make 50,000 from mine, I'm skimming off half of that as income and taking a year off. And the other half is going back into expenses and edits and things like that. Okay. Just, just, just say that. And I'm taking, I'm taking it out as income and, and that's going to buy me a year off. And if I've got a year off, I'm then in a position to be banging books out a lot faster. Um, because I'll be writing five days a week. 5,000 words a day at that point. And I'll, you know, I'll take weekends off. So who knows? Who knows? I, you know, I just don't know. But, um, you know, I, I, I always, I've always felt really unlucky with these things. I've done so many internet launches. I've done so many things where other people seem to have fantastic results and I don't. Um, you know, I, I always, I, my expectation is I hope for the best, but I expect the worst. Um, so, I, I prepare for the success, but I, I don't necessarily expect it. So who, who knows? Uh, but, but at least I'll have given it my best shot. And my view is, my view is because all of this is paid for out of income, I'm not putting it on a credit card. It's all paid for out of money that's in the bank from earnings from my books. So it's bootstrapped. This whole thing is bootstrapped and pay, it pays for itself. I have assumed in this whole bootstrapping scenario that all those covers get made, all those books get re-released. Uh, everything gets done and I don't have to earn a penny more income from when I'm speaking to you now, right? Well, this is money. This is all money coming in, but I've got to do this. So if I could, if I do nothing, if I do all of that work, all of that promotion and I sell zero books, that's all paid for. Um, but I'm, I'm clearly, I mean, you have to try pretty hard not to make some income from this. So obviously that income will also get plowed back in up to a point at which if we, if, you know, if we, if I'm lucky enough to have the Adam Nichols experience where all of a sudden it takes on a life of its own and you're looking at it and think, Oh my goodness, where's all this coming from? What would be wonderful is to get into that scenario. Cause what I'd really like. So if let's do some blue sky thinking here, let's use a corporate term. What would I like from that thriller rapid re-release? I would like that rapid re-release to give me the money that I need to do it again. So for edits and covers, 
and I would like it to generate enough income for me to take a year out, to have that money in the bank for a year out and just write for the year and do it again with rapid release. Now, I don't know, I don't know what I'll be writing. Might be sci-fi, might be thrillers, might be both sci-fi and thrillers. Um, but at that stage, we'll have given it a really good thrash. Now, worst case scenario. Here's the worst case scenario. Don't make anything. Everything's paid for. No debt. Uh, so it's all come out of income. I'll, I must have, a, I'll have, a, I will have some earnings in there, but, um, I don't know how much they'll be. And I just, if, if, you know, worst case scenario, all right, that's it. I've done all my books now. I just walk away. I've got all those books and they are assets and they can sit there. And if I walked away at that point and said, you know what? I gave it my best shot. Uh, that's all I could do. Um, I got all those assets. They will earn money. Um, I could put them on book bubs. I got, uh, four thriller box sets. I got two sci-fi box sets. I got a lot of stuff, you know, that I could keep putting on, uh, book bubs. Uh, so if I did nothing else, I could just stick them on book bubs and take the income off that. So, I've given you sort of best case scenarios and worst case scenarios there. Um, so there you go. Who, who knows what will happen, but that is the plan. So all I got to do, um, that isn't done yet is I got to finish writing the book with Adam. I got to write a 50,000 word female lead and I got two more Combay trilogy books to write as well. And then everything's done. So what is my thinking with all of this? Well, I'm convinced about the benefits of rapid release combined with being in KDP Select. Adam Nichols said that 90% of his income was from reads. 90% of his income was made from not selling books, which is phenomenal. So Adam, um, let's assume Adam made a hundred thousand pounds from, from his rapid release. 10,000 pounds of that, which you can make on a book bub came from sales. 90% of it came from reads. That's phenomenal. So when I do rapid release, I'm in KDP Select. I don't care about the arguments about being wide. I can tell you because I've been wide recently. The only other place I make money is Apple. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I do make money, obviously, on Coba. I do make money on Barnes & Noble. I have made money on Google. They're all responsible for pockets of money. But your number one earner is Amazon. Your number two earner is Apple. And I don't make so much on Apple that it tilts the the scales to make me say I can't be in KDP Select. So this is purely a money-making exercise, purely a money-making exercise. So uh, they're all going in KDP Select so I can get the reads. The other thinking about this is, you know, I've been struggling to do this on my own. If you've listened to this diary since I've been writing the books, um, uh, you know, cl- clearly I've had progression in that time. I started earning nothing, just a couple of dollars a month. I had pathetic income for a long time. The first threshold I hit was using free boxes when I had my first thousand dollar month, I think it was rather than a thousand pounds. I think it was a thousand dollars. Then I started getting book bubs and book bubs have started allowing me to have over twenty thousand dollars of income a year, about sixteen and a half thousand pounds of income from the books. So that's allowed me to create an income that's much higher, much, much higher than the average author income. I think that's right. Average author income, it's about 10,000. I think it depends who you talk to, but if we use 10,000 as that number, it's way more than that. So that's allowed me to bring that level of income in. But as you know, if you listen to these diaries, I'm never happy with that because I want an income level that allows me to make my living from writing and to pay all of my expenses. I want to have uh, an income. I want to be able to generate an income 
and have a readership that are waiting for my next book to come out. You know, I don't want everything to be pushing against a closed door. I want to feel like we've got some momentum uh, in all of this. Now, what do we also know? Well, we know that I can write fast and furious. Um, I can write a book fast. I can write books to order. I can write books to other people. I can change my style. I'm a performing dog frankly when it comes to 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 writing you know if you want if, if if i need to adapt my style i can and i can hit the deadlines i can deliver i've also been told that i'm very easy to work with you don't get a lot of fuss you know i, I like to sit down i organize it i just get on with it um so um i've been told that i'm very easy to work with as well so um so we know i can do the work um i've learned about the power of series uh, of of box sets of trilogies and I want my cover branding to bring my books together to encourage more read-throughs and more box set buys. So that's why um, I was, I'm going to group together Dead of Night, One Fatal Error and So Many Lies as action books. And I can group together the Don't Tell Meg trilogy, of course. And I can, I can group together the Walk Bay trilogy. Um, and I can also group together the female lead books. And I've got to obviously write another 50,000 word book to enable me to do that. So I... I See, everything is going to be in series because I know that that sells. Um, and it, it, sometimes it just requ- requires a little bit of sleight of hand with that, like, you know, the female lead series and things like that to make it look like they're part of a series to give them a theme. Um, and the other thing is the more, the more I learn about this, the more I'm convinced that the book only has to be good. It can't be rubbish, but it doesn't have to be brilliant. So the book has to be good. It can't be rubbish, but it doesn't have to be brilliant. It's the marketing and the sales process, I think, that are most important. Now, clearly, if the book is rubbish, they're not going to come back and buy other books. So the book needs to be good, but the book does not need to be brilliant. And if you listen to what Adam Nichols was saying in that interview, you know, he'll tell you that time and time again. He and I, um, when we sell lots of books and we get the freeze, we, we, we're getting the same number of stars for the books. The books are good but they're not brilliant, but we're still able to shift the books like that. Now, this is my 80-20 rule. Um, you know, don't keep polishing the book, get it out there, get it out there. Remember, you can change it at any time. You can get it re-edited at any time. You can rewrite it at any time. You can put a new cover on it at any time. These things, books are iterative. Just because you've launched it doesn't mean you can't change it. So, um, you know, so if I do release a book and maybe there's five errors in it, no one's going to die and I can fix that really, really quickly. So just get the blowing books out there, but not, they need, you know, you need to be sure they're as good as you can make them. I'm never ever, uh, I'm never ever saying release bad books. I'm just saying don't sit there polishing it forever, you know, because once you apply a certain level of polish, you've polished enough. So I really want to give my books a good thrash. Uh, I want to see, I want to use best practice. I want to see if there's anything to play for. And I'm using the power of the mastermind group here because I met John, I met John Evans and obviously then, uh, by association, James Evans. John and James I met as a consequence of this podcast. Adam Nichols I met as a consequence of this podcast. Judy Cordoner, who's going to be helping me to, um, edit these later books faster. I met as a consequence of this podcast. I met, um, Bill Cocos as a consequence of this podcast and Bill's looking at one of my books, checking it for Americanisms. This is the power of the mastermind group as outlined by Napoleon Hill in Think and Grow Rich. And if you haven't read Think and Grow Rich, you need to buy it. It's a classic of a book. And I'm using networking contacts made through this podcast to create collaborative 
um, networks. And, um, you know, and, and obviously I'm using other collaborative networks like 20 books to 50k to get best practice. And bottom line is if this all tanks and it only brings very mediocre or disappointing success, as far as I'm concerned, all my assets would have been brought up to a level. They've all got great covers. They've all had edits and reviews. They're as good as I can make them. And frankly, if I walked away at the end of it, they could just sit like that forever and I would make an income from them. Now, I don't intend to walk away from it, uh, but uh, you know, I intend to sort of look at where we are at the end of that and then see what comes next. But, um, you know, I could walk away from it at that point and I would have some substantial assets out there which could earn for for me for many years to come. So that's the plan. What do you think? <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? You know, there's quite a lot of work involved, but what the heck, I just want to do it and, uh, you know, see how it works, see, see how it goes. Um, I, I've kind of tried to learn from best practice. I've tried to do book bumps. I've just you know, tried to have thousand dollar months. You know, I've tried all of these things. I've managed to move my career on bit by bit by bit. And rapid release, quite clearly, is the next thing I must try. Um, and I've never one to underdo things. That is a ridiculous rapid release schedule, if ever you saw one. Um, but that's what I'm going to throw at it and see what we can do. So. Um, apologies, you're going to have a lot more confusion about book titles. I do apologize about that, but hopefully now you could look at this on the page. You can at least see in some sort of organized fashion what my plan is for this. Uh, always subject to tweaking and changing, but it ain't going to change too much other than the points at which I've said to you I might review it. So there you go. Now you know what the plans are. You're bang up to date. <laughs> what I'm going to do is do the work now, and you can hear about it every week on this podcast diary. Got to tell you that I'm really looking forward to interviewing Jerry Evanoff on Sunday night. I know that a lot of you will have discovered this podcast more recently, and so therefore it might feel like I'm a long way ahead of you, in which case I would suggest to you that you go back to the early editions and listen to the, the, the back issues so you can hear when everything's going wrong and it's not working at all and I'm struggling um, more than I am now. Um, if uh, Jerry is a, is a new author. Jerry is about to release, just before 20 Books of 50K, his first book. And so I've been recommending his podcast for several weeks now, and I've been learning loads from Jerry. His experience is different from me. He's, he's talking about books I've never heard of, so I'm learning a lot from Jerry's uh, podcast. And Jerry, you, I, I, you know what I've I've got? It's a new author podcast, isn't it? I listen to it every week. First thing I listen to on a Monday morning, new author podcast. I'm sure it's called that. Jerry, uh, Jerry's just teamed up with his sister. Uh, so Jerry's writing sci-fi, and his sister is writing... Uh, sort of romance. Uh, I think that's right. Uh, you know, romance stuff. And um, so they've teamed up now to co-present the podcast. So, you know, Jerry says in a couple of weeks time, he's going to be a published author, but his sister is writing her first book. So if you, if you do really want to get into the weeds with first time, a first time author who's just released his first, just about to release his first book and uh, an author who's just started writing her first book, I highly recommend Jerry's podcast to you. But Jerry, Jerry's going to be my guest on the next uh, interview episode. That episode is going to be released on Monday, the 1st of July. And I'm recording with Jerry on Sunday. I'm really looking forward to it. And Jerry, incidentally, is going to be at 20 Books of 50K in Edinburgh. So uh, we'll be able to meet him. So I wanted to make sure we interviewed and chatted before I meet him at 20 Books Edinburgh. So really looking forward to that, Jerry. Um, having a chat and finding out what he's up to and seeing what his release plans are. Now, Jerry also has a first release, rapid release plan. He's been immersing himself in best practice. So well worth 
listening to that interview um, to hear how you could use rapid release in a first book launch as well. So Jerry's also got some ambitious plans. Okay, so I will have another diary update for you next Saturday. And next week, it's my quarter two goal review already. Could you believe that? We're at the end of another quarter of the year. So I'll be reviewing the goals for the last three months. And I'll let you know how that horror book bub went on a sci-fi story. So we've promoted it to horror audience that it's a sci-fi story. Fingers crossed, whatever you're doing in your author career, have a great week of writing. Speak to you next Saturday. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to this week's self-publishing journeys. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your indie author friends. Or you can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever podcast directory you use. In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.